0: Hey guys welcome back to news they ain't telling you okay we have a lot of quick news today um so let's just get right into it so first and foremost president biden is looking to raise taxes on the wealthy and corporations it would be the highest tax rates in 30 years so expect republicans heads to blow off at this point um we knew it was coming but here we are nothing has been confirmed it's all sources say but multiple sources are saying so Um, New York is literally right down the middle on whether or not Cuomo should resign. And yesterday, one of the women accusers spent four plus hours with the investigators. So we shall see what happens with that. Um, In some very, very positive historic news, the Senate has confirmed former Congresswoman Uh, She is officially the first native to be in the cabinet ever in the history of our country. It only took us 200 plus years to reward, right, (laughs) a native person um, to the cabinet. And I am so excited that a native woman, a proud native woman, will be the Secretary of Interior and she will be overseeing the land federal land in our country and protecting land um as all natives do so that is very exciting um charles booker the former kentucky state representative is deeply considering running in 2022 against senator paul that's right senator paul is up for re-election guys let's do this right in kentucky let's get a seat in kentucky we can do this you guys i believe in us okay (laughs) Especially with Senator Paul. Come on, Kentucky. Come on. Okay. Um, Warren and Sanders are helping out Newsom in this recall election. I don't know who, what, why, or where, but I'm sure there is some angle there that they are looking at. Because last time I checked, Warren was the senator from Massachusetts and Senator was the senator from Vermont. So, okay. Newsom, of course, has reached that $2 million magical mark. So a recall will be happening, be happening. Um, There will probably be a lot of candidates who are going to run against him if we get to that point. And that is actually how Arnold Schwarzenegger became the governor of California, um, was based off of a recall. So let's maybe not make that mistake again, California. Um, Okay, Uh, President Biden says his White House says that they would welcome Trump urging supporters to get vaccines. Um, so basically what's happening is a lot of Trump supporters are not getting vaccinated because of conspiracy theories and they think that Trump could help out a lot, but I don't think that that's going to happen because Trump didn't even let anyone know that he himself and his wife had gotten vaccinated. So, you know, um, also Trump has been, you guys know, I don't like to talk about him, but I just have to say this. He's been out at mar lago and the Republicans have really been doubling down on saying, oh, he looks so strong, he's losing weight, he's getting healthy for 2024, when really he looks very, very pale. Um, He has lost a lot of weight very quickly, considering that he eats McDonald's every day of his life. It's very odd and drinks Diet Coke all the time. So I don't know what's going on there, but that's that. Alaska, we knew this was going to happen, has decided to censure Senator Murkowski because she, of course, voted for impeachment. However, she did not vote for the COVID bill and that was highly disappointed. She finally came out with a statement this morning and explained why she voted against the COVID bill And to me, it's because she wants to keep her job in Alaska. Um, She's realizing that Alaska's GOP has vowed to primary her in 2022. It'll be the first time that they've threatened that. She is, like I've told you guys before, sort of Alaska royalty. Her father was a very popular governor turned senator whose seat she actually took over when he passed. So this is a peculiar area for her to be in. So I think she's going to try and balance all of it we'll see um i do think that sarah palin will try to primary her and sarah palin has a good chance and we could have basically a marjorie taylor green in the senate wouldn't that be great (laughs) um okay so it has been confirmed that the feds will use the dallas convention center to house 3,000 migrant children because these children keep coming and coming and coming um we officially have a democrat on record saying this is a crisis Bet you guys could guess the one and only Senator Manchin is saying that we have a crisis. From my point of view, we are right there at crisis mode of a lot of children coming. Um, Trump had this problem as well. Obama had this problem so it's been a continuous crisis i don't think that it's anything that's new or shocking however i do think that they are testing the new president biden so this is a big uh point of can he fix this or are we going to do the same thing over and over so the dallas convention center will be housing those three thousand migrant children which means that other facilities must be at full capacity so of course the gop senators we had kevin mccarthy in the house side going down to the border and exposing and, you know, but this didn't happen overnight. This has been going on since the Obama administration. So, but they can spin it any way they want. Um, The Capitol Police will begin to remove the fencing around the Capitol Hill. Um, Republicans have been adamant about get rid of the fence, get rid of the walls, blah, blah, blah. And the Capitol Police are the ones that make the final decisions. So uh, not Pelosi, not McConnell, not Schumer, sorry guys I know you want to blame everything on them however it's not it's the Capitol police's decision and they have decided that we may be getting close to taking down the fencing which is great news um also because tourists when they come now with everything opening up again it's I can't even imagine what it looks like right now but uh it would be very depressing to go all the way to Washington DC and and that's what's going on so I'm glad that everyone's in a place that they're going to be safe and everything's going to be good This is really random and did not see this coming. Jared Kushner, of course, the husband of Ivanka Trump, is complimenting Biden's White House with his moves with Iran. So I don't know if he checked in with his father-in-law to compliment, but he did a whole Wall Street uh, um, op-ed about how, you know, uh, this was a great smart move on how he's handling Iran. So We shall see. We don't know what's going to happen with Iran, but they definitely are getting closer and closer to complete failure in Iran. So hopefully we can nip that in the bud. Um, The majority of Iowa citizens do not want Senator Grassley to seek re-election, who is, of course, the same age as Senator Feinstein and tends to fall asleep on the floor from time to time. But what I think is funny about that is that no one is covering this like hey old man time to go um they they they're very much standing back and letting grassley make his decision which i don't think there's any any way possible that he's going to run for re-election at 87 years old there's a difference between running for re-election at 81 years old and 87 years old there's a very big difference there so um i just think it's funny that the people of iowa are saying we don't want him to seek re-election and there's no coverage on it there's no coverage on the fact that he looks and sounds like an 87-year-old man, and he falls asleep on the floor. So uh, I think that's interesting, but, okay, maybe the GOP handles it differently than we do, but just so you people know, Diane Feinstein, when she ran at 81 years old, she won with a landslide victory. So obviously the people of California were saying, we understand how old you are, but we still want you to be our senator, and people don't really talk about that. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. Iowa doesn't want Grassley anymore at 87 years old. Um, Beyonce the other night broke the Grammy record for most Grammys by a female artist, 28. She is only three away from breaking the all-time record of 31 Grammys, which she probably will do. So there's that. And I guess the, her her daughter also got a Grammy um, for one of the songs or something. I don't know. I don't really pay attention much to the Grammys, but all hail Queen Beyonce. Um, first time ever, there are two women who are nominated for Best Director. Only five women have been nominated in the 93 years that the Oscars have been around. And only one has won, uh, Catherine Big- Bigelow for um, Hurt Locker, right? That's right, yeah, <laughs> Hurt Locker. Um, so there you go. That's, that's what's going on. I don't know why Regina King was not nominated. If you guys haven't seen One Night in Miami, you should. It's brilliant, and it's her directorial debut. And I thought for sure – girlfriend was going to get the nomination but she didn't so i guess they couldn't have more women than men being nominated i suppose couldn't do that um Stacey abrams is warning of a jim crow in a suit and tie it's currently happening because of all these voter suppression um laws that they're trying to pass across the land especially in georgia um coca-cola and home depot which are based in georgia have now come out against the new gop voter suppression laws um, Stacey Abrams has been adamant and all of the, you know, ones who are against these voter suppression have been adamant of getting Coca-Cola, Home Depot and other corporations that are there to speak out because that is a lot of money in Georgia. So that is a really, really big step, especially since Home Depot before is that the owner of Home Depot is a big Trump supporter. So this is an interesting switch, um. So we shall see, but these voter suppression laws are happening all across the country, and she is right. It's Jim Crow in a suit and tie. Um, there, Yesterday, or the other day, in San Diego, a driver sped into a homeless camp and killed three homeless and severely injured six that we know of, um, and then he turned himself in. So I, I don't know who, what, where, or how, but he apparently just... When you go under overpasses, bridges here in California, there's homeless constantly and they build these camps. And so he literally sped up, pushed the gas and took out a whole area of the homeless camp. So, all right. Um, Virginia will restore 69,000 former felons from vo- from getting their voting rights. So that is exciting, great news. They're doing great stuff over there in Virginia. Um, I have a dear friend who worked for the Virginia legislation, and they are working nonstop. So way to go, Virginia. Um, Mitch McConnell has come out and warned of a scathing scorched earth if Democrats get rid of the filibuster. I just think that's funny coming from him saying that Democrats are going to be scorched earth when every day he was in power. He was scorching earth on the Senate every single day <laughs> every single day so um you know how about not letting a supreme court justice have a hearing or how about you know holding back a hundred plus federal court seats so that a republican can replace them or how about all the other million billion things that you've done mitch to you know scorch the earth and main reason of why we're here but okay um prince philip is home <laughs> uh, apparently the heart treatment worked, and he is back home with the queen And apparently, Harry has spoken to his brother and his father. They said it wasn't a a conversation of consequence. It was just a, like, stepping stone. And again, I am so sick of talking about these people. (laughs) But here we are. And then last but not least, there is a new poll that just came out that says that Cuban Americans side more with the GOP. There should be nothing shocking about that, you guys. (laughs) Nothing at all. I mean, this is the most cliche thing You know that's why florida is so difficult because there's so many cuban americans who we can't as democrats it's what i kept saying on why i said that aoc and the squad and bernie sanders cost us florida because they went down there um because you can't have anything associated with socialism because they literally come from a country and sought refuge from a country that was truly disguised themselves as a socialist country in cuba and it wasn't, it was a dictatorship. And, but he disguised it as Bernie Sanders one time said, well, Fidel Castro wasn't that bad because he gave people health insurance and he taught them how to read. So that's why we have a problem in Florida. And that's why we lost Miami-Dade County. We lost two seats in the house that we shouldn't have lost. And it was solely because of the socialism word because Cuban Americans hear it. And they say, oh no, keep, keep away from me. Venezuelans hear it. A lot of South Americans hear it. And I don't blame them so that's what's going on there let's get into a little bit further about what's going on what's next in congress all right so we have uh if you guys watch the west wing like i did uh martin sheen's character used to always go what's next right so like mrs lanahan what's next and uh you know cj what's next and so that's what i'm saying what's next because we got the COVID bill done great awesome amazing now we are going to be going into infrastructure and immigration um two things that speaker pelosi has been wanting to do for a long time um when obama won in 2008 she really wanted to do a big massive infrastructure deal and do she wanted to also do the obamacare healthcare. care however she wanted it to be smaller that didn't work out but here we are so infrastructure and immigration so pelosi has been moving on to a massive infrastructure package she let that know on all the sunday shows that that's that's her big priority they're possibly going to do something like a green infrastructure deal which may put a kink in republicans coming on board infrastructure has always been a bipartisan thing until democrats are in power and then all of a sudden it's not bipartisan anymore but it's going to be very very hard to sell to republicans anything at this point with spending money when we've spent trillion on a COVID deal that they didn't sign on for, they didn't vote for, we only needed 51 votes. However, we can no longer do that. We have to have a bipartisan bill because how we passed the COVID bill was simply by doing a budget recon and saying that it was part of the budget, so therefore we could pass this without the majority, plus you know the supermajority. We only needed the majority, which was 51. So we now need... The Republicans to be on board with this. So having a green infrastructure deal, like I said, is going to be very, very hard to sell. However, this infrastructure deal must be done. We can no longer wait anymore in this country. We have bridges, roads, airports, trains that are way overdue for for redo or reboot or whatever you want to say. And On top of all of that, this infrastructure bill can provide thousands of jobs, good, hard-paying jobs across this country. That's why it should make sense to do an infrastructure bill, no problem. But there's always a problem when you're dealing with Congress. So Schumer has to keep the caucus in line. We cannot afford to lose anyone. And we also have to pick up multiple votes, which is going to be hard. Um, it depends on who takes the reins on this in terms of infrastructure. Again, if we go too green or clean energy or whatever they want to call it, it will not work and we'll end up with another small infrastructure bill that really doesn't solve the problems that we face. Um, there are bridges that are falling apart. There are roads that are, that are messed up. There are airports, I mean, across this country, so, and other countries are are kicking our ass in this. Japan is building every single day. South Korea is building every single day. So we have to keep up with that. We're the last standing superpower whose country is literally falling apart. Literally. So there's no room for failure for here. This is going to show Schumer, does he have it or does he not have it? And is he going to be able to reach across the aisle? And that also goes for President Biden, who prides himself on, I was in the Senate for 40 years. I'm friends with these guys. I can make a bipartisan bill when he couldn't get COVID to be bipartisan. So on top of infrastructure, which is massively important, and I have all the faith that Pelosi on her end, as always, will get it done. It's just the Schumer part. It's just the Senate part that makes me very nervous. You know, and also we all have to remember that Pelosi has a much thinner margin. So if she does get this passed, holy moly, that's kudos beyond. But on top of all that, we have immigration. We will have, I believe that immigration will be on the fast track due to what's happening with the migrant kids. It is very clear that Republicans are trying to use that against Biden, um, even though this has been a continuous problem for now three administrations where we've seen this massive increase of migrant children coming solo. Um, DACA still needs to be signed into law. Like I have told you guys a couple times now, Obama put DACA in through an executive order, and that's why it's been this big battle because technically he wasn't supposed to do that. And that's why it's been um, gone to the Supreme Court and heared that. So the time is running out on that. We have to make a decision on. Are we going to make it into law? Are we going to change it? It's a program that works. So I pray to God that we are able to do this, that President Biden is able to make this into law. That needs to happen. And also we have to have true immigration reform. And I think that Republicans and Democrats are so far off on what's important with this that it's going to be near impossible. And listen, immigration reform has been near impossible since W. Bush. That's when it became a partisan issue. But again, we can get something done in the House. Pelosi can do her magic and what she does best. But if Schumer can't caucus his own, you know, can't keep his own caucus together, and on top of that, he needs extra votes, I mean, and the filibuster is still out there. this This is going to be a tough, tough journey. And Biden needs, he needs these wins in order to win in the midterms. And so, of course, Republicans don't want us to win, don't want us to keep power. So they're going to do everything in their power to stop this. So I don't know how much we can bounce here, but everyone needs to keep in mind, we're going to need 60 votes on all of this. And when you have a handful of senators who aren't even willing to vote for the candidates, for the, the, the cabinet, I don't, I, I don't know how it, it's not that we can't get there. It's that how much are we willing to give up to get there? And in 2008, from 2008 to 2010, we gave up a lot as Democrats fighting for Obamacare. We gave in on immigration. We gave in on infrastructure. And then when we lost control, scorched earth, Mitch McConnell all over the place. So, you know, statistically, it is near impossible to keep full control. When you have full control like this, you always either lose one or two parts, both parts of Congress. Trump, of course, lost the House and he never got it back. Um, It's tough. It's a tough sell. So the only way we keep those seats is if we get wins and we can't get wins solo. So that's what's going on in Congress. There's a lot of all over the place. Originally, President Biden immigration reform was supposed to be starting in February. Well, here we are in March and it's clear that it's not going to happen until April. Just a starting point. And it'll be months and months as we get closer to midterms at that point. So infrastructure immigration is what I'd keep an eye out on for. Of course, voting rights has become more and more of a thing, but I think that that's going to stick to states' rights issues for a while. So keep an eye, infrastructure and immigration. Mm -hmm. is facts. Here we go. We haven't done this in a while, so I thought this would be fun, especially because I guess HBO is doing, or Showtime or one of those, is doing a... um, like a mini series about first ladies. So I thought it would be fun. I've done this with you guys before. So as you know, there's random first ladies here, modern day first ladies, because um, I'm not that like intense on, you know, Abigail Adams or something. But um, and so I just randomly wrote them in here. I haven't seen them. So I'm going to randomly pick someone. I got Eleanor Roosevelt. Yay. Finally, I get someone that I'm I've gotten like Laura Bush and Nancy Reagan all these times. Okay, so Eleanor Roosevelt. I mean, everyone knows about Eleanor Roosevelt. She was the original OG uh, badass first lady. She, of course, um, was married to Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And he, of course, was in the wheelchair because he had polio. And so she infamously had said that she was her husband's legs and she went down in the coal mines because he couldn't. Um, five facts about Eleanor Roosevelt. Eleanor Roosevelt, funny fact, is actually Teddy Roosevelt's niece, um, by her, on her father's side, and so her and FDR are, like, second or third cousins, which was a very common thing. I mean, it's, like, weird now, but it was a very common thing. Um, and Teddy Roosevelt actually walked her down the aisle when she married FDR, um, And so that's a little factoid that most people don't know. Another factoid um, is that after FDR passed away, she was no longer First Lady. She, of course, was the creator of the United Nations, of course, post-World War II. They were looking for a way to have solutions so World War III never happened. And so she wrote the Human uh, Human Rights Bill for the UN. Like, she literally spent five years working on that which is still the core of what the UN is supposed to be about. I think they've lost their way in recent years, but she was the creator of that all on her own. Um, She, of course, is known for traveling to the South Pacific during the war, because again, her husband really couldn't travel that much, and meeting with all the soldiers. All of her sons actually went to World War II and served, even though their father was president of the United States how quickly times change later as we progress in America's history. But um, she also started writing a column when she was first lady. It was the first time ever that a first lady had done this and would just talk about whatever was going on in the world, in the country, you know, about her woes, about whatever it was. And she continued to write and she wrote and wrote all sorts of different articles throughout the years. And another really interesting fact is that she fought tirelessly for civil rights, for black men and women rights, before it was even a thing. And she invited multiple black men and women entertainers and um, the actors, actresses, singers, to the White House um, before that was even – that was a very taboo thing to do. But she sort of beat to her own drum – and that's why she is considered one of the most iconic First Ladies of all time. When Hillary Clinton was in the White House, she had said that she used to, you know, pinch her skin and sort of remind herself that if Eleanor could do it, then she could do it, and that Eleanor was, you know, the statue of of this is what a great First Lady will do. So Eleanor Roosevelt was... Um, One one in a million, and she is someone that is still to this day, everyone knows who she is, everyone knows why she's important, but there's so much to the history of Eleanor Roosevelt that I think you guys should all continue reading on because it's so much more than just going down to the coal mines and being the legs for her husband. There's so much more there, and um, I just think she's phenomenal. So those are five FLOTUS facts on Eleanor Roosevelt's. Okay, Daily Descent with the OG of HRC. All right, so um, if you guys follow me on here, you follow me on TikTok, you follow me on Twitter, you know that I am not a fan of Gavin Newsom. He is my governor. Um, However, I've never been a fan of Gavin Newsom, not when he was mayor of San Francisco and all of my friends were like, oh, Gavin, nope, not happening. Um, And I am very, very protective of Senator Feinstein for a multitude of reasons. I've become more protective of her in the last two years, I would say, because of her mistreatment on, oh, she's old, so is she going to retire and that whole debacle. But last night, Gavin Newsom went on Joy Reid, obviously looking for some good press um, because he has he's going to be recalled in the first round at least. And uh, it's not looking good. It's over 2 million signatures. They meet, met their mark. And, you know, we'll see what happens. However, so he's looking for good press. So, as everyone knows, Gavin Newsom replaced as governor of California. He got to decide who was going to replace uh, then-Senator Harris, who was the only black woman on the Senate floor. Keep that in mind, everyone. Um, he decided to replace her with Sen- now-Senator Padilla, who is the first Latino senator of California, which is great in its own right. However, um, he got a lot of backlash because he didn't replace a black woman with a black woman when there are plenty of qualified black women who are sort of waiting, hanging out. Uh, Congresswoman Bass for one, Congresswoman Lee for another. They, they, everyone thought that he was going to go with one of them. And then he didn't. And on top of that, he went with a man <laughs> which here in California, we've had two women senators my, pretty much my entire life. And I'm not saying that it always has to be like that. I'm not saying, all I'm saying is that who he chose was just sort of a peculiar choice. I get the Latino aspect of it. I am half Mexican myself. I understand the importance of representation. I get that 100%. However, Um, A lot of people had a lot of issues, rightfully so, on, hey guys, we just helped you win this election in 2020 and you're not going to reward us with a... Now we don't have a black woman senator. So, and it's justifiable. So when that all happened, he didn't say anything. He didn't come out and explain why he picked Padilla or why he didn't pick a black woman or any of that. He just kind of kept quiet. And now that he's in the midst of this recall... He decides to go on Joy Reid, and Joy Reid, who to me was in the wrong as well, said, so if Senator Feinstein retires, are you going to promise that you're going to replace her with a black woman? And he goes, yeah, absolutely, I'm going to replace. Okay, so many thoughts came into my head at that moment. One, Joy Reid, why didn't you call him out and simply say, why didn't you replace the only black woman senator with another black woman senator? Why didn't you do that? Why didn't you ask that question, Joy? Why are you asking if Senator Feinstein retires? I know that she's 87, and I know that a lot of people have leaked incorrect information about, oh, she's out of it, and she does. Let me tell you, I watch that woman on C-SPAN constantly. She's not out of it. But you know who is out of it? Grassley. You know who is out of it? Leahy. And why no one questions them is beyond me. But when, when Senator Feinstein retires, when has she said that she's going to retire? And my money is that woman's probably going to finish her entire term and she'll be 91 years old and be like, I'm out. Because that's what that generation does. Just like RBG, just like Nancy Pelosi, that entire generation is a whole different platitude than what my generation, the generation before me, the baby boomers, they worked until they died because what else are they going to do? Okay, and there's nothing wrong with her. So that was the most ridiculous thing. And for Gavin Newsom to then turn around and say, yeah, I promise like he's some type of savior when really to me it was sort of like I'll give you sloppy seconds I screwed you guys the first time but I promise and I'm only promising now because I'm up for recall and I really need you guys to vote for me so I'll give you those bla- I'll give you a black senator when he could have done it in the first place but he didn't he replaced a black woman with a Hispanic man and made it go look though I gave you a Latino isn't that great and then anytime you call that out, the number one thing that I get, especially on TikTok, is, well, aren't you happy that he got a Latino or aren't you? Again, I'm half Mexican. Yes, it's historic. It's great. We have a Latina, by the way, in Nevada, who's a senator, but like, great way to go. However, we have no black women in the United States Senate. Do we not see the problem here, Gavin, or your, or your privilege is just wash you over? Because if I was a black woman, I would say, wait a second, I voted for you and you're not even going to give me back what we had. And now you're going to come out all these months later and say, oh yeah, yeah I promise you on a black woman's show. When it's clear to me what you're doing, you're trying to like ease in so you make sure that you don't fully get recalled. You want to use people for their votes and promise something that, by the way, is not even yours. Senator Feinstein hasn't announced retirement and Senator Feinstein won't announce retirement and promising something beforehand I think is such a political play that most people can see through. I mean I see through it and I know that I can't be the only one that's seeing through this. Why now Gavin? Why now are you going to say it on a black woman's show? And why why don't you come out and say you know what? Finds Feinstein I think is pretty doing a pretty great job of representing California and I don't think she's going to retire anytime soon but if she does no you didn't say that you simply said point blank yes absolutely when she retires you said when she retires girlfriend's not going to retire. She is going, mark my words, she will work till her very last day. And you know why she'll work till her very last day? Because the people of California voted for her to spend six years of a term and then bow out. Because that's her job. So you're asking her to stop doing her job. She is putting bills on the floor. She is making laws. She is not missing a single vote. She is going back and forth to California and Washington, D.C., so I don't understand why you would believe she's slowing down or gonna retire. But if we wanna talk about retirement, we can talk about Grassley all day long and we can talk about Leahy, who's uh, eighty years old, seven years younger than Diane Feinstein, and he sounds like he's gonna hack up a lung at any point. And he oversaw the entire impeachment, but no one said that. He went to the hospital the night before the impeachment. Could you imagine if Diane Feinstein went to the hospital? Oh Lordy be. I don't think that they would accept like, oh, well, he just had a little bit of a dizzy spell, so they kept him overnight. No, 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 no. So I say what I always say, Gavin Newsom, you are a fraud, and I see through your BS. And buddy, you better pray to God that you don't get recalled. But either way, your career is over. Those dreams and aspirations of president, they're done. And thank God for that. Okay, guys, make sure and check us out on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. And make sure if you want to listen, listen on Spotify, iTunes. Of course, you can watch on YouTube. Make sure you push subscribe. Until next time, OG of the HRC, signing out.